0: Uh, We're going to talk about hope this morning. Kathleen's going to fire up my uh, presentation. And the title of it today is Against All Hope, Abraham Believed. Well, it says Abram, because at this point in time, when he expressed this, his name was still Abram. Um, But against all hope, he believed. And I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through to 23, because this is where the message started. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 15 through to 23. And all the readings are from the New International Version, unless I uh, say otherwise. It says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I don't know about you, but I want the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because I know that my wisdom is not sufficient for the things that God wants to do in my life and through my life. Why do I want revelation? Because I don't want to be leaning on my own understanding about how life works and how God works and how the church works. But I want to hear from God and receive from God so that we may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know him better. And it was this little verse that's going to come up on the screen uh, that, that kind of took my attention. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And it's talking about an inner understanding that the deepest part of us uh, being lit up, if you like, so that we can begin to understand who God is. That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. What an incredible word from Paul the Apostle that we read today. Now, if you've got a good memory, well, you'll have something over me, because I don't have a good memory. But back in January 2011, in the first message of the year, it just so happened to be me that was speaking, and I spoke on the subject of hope. And you may remember the survival guide uh, stuff that I did on hope. Uh, today's approach is going to be very different from that. And I'm going to start with a story, a story that maybe illustrates how the Christian hope is different from wishful thinking. In fact, I've got two stories. And the first one starts on a hillside. okay? The name of this hill is Milnatanga. Uh, it's up near Inverness, It's up that direction. And many, many years ago, we were walking up this mountain, and I'm pretty sure we were going from the right side over to the left side, which is the peak. And you'll notice in there that there's a little ridge, okay, that little ridge there. And on this little ridge, uh, Mary's uncle's friend Stuart had stopped to take a photograph, and it was blowing a huli, as they say. The wind was so strong, and his camera blew out of his hand. However it happened, we don't know, but what happened was he lost his camera, and it went tumbling down that ridge there. I don't know if, I mean, it's pretty steep. You can probably get it. For the OS buffs, we would need to look at the, the, the bars and, and get how steep the gradient is but it was really steep. And we actually went down and we tried to find this camera and we scoured the side of the hill and we eventually gave up. All hope was gone. Couldn't find the camera. Reminds me of another story. Just, I'll throw this in for free. Um, Climbing ben Ann, another story of loss. Uh, I lost my my, my penknife. It was a fantastic penknife and I lost it. it. It came out of my pocket on the way up that hill and I've been up about four times since then, still not found it. Um, but there was a story in the news. I don't know if you caught this one. It was on the BBC website. And it's about a man who lost a camera. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Did anybody see this picture? Yeah, you've seen it. This was incredible. This story blew me away. Um, he'd been taking photographs um, at the edge of a river in Glen Etiv. And he turned away from the camera to get something out of his camera bag. And when he came back, the camera was gone. This happened on, I think, New Year's Day uh, in 2017. And the camera was found by somebody just recently in the same river. The river was in spate. It washed the camera away, but it got caught in between the rocks, as you can see. And the person who found the camera says that he was flabbergasted that they were actually able to retrieve the photographs from this camera, and I just I found this amazing. Almost a year later, and this is this is the last photograph that was taken by that camera before it fell into the river. So he, this guy found the camera, he put it up on a tree, and he got on with the photographs he was taking. They took it home, he put it in the drying cover, they dried out the camera. He took the memory card out, he dried that out, and once everything was dry, popped it into a computer and published the photographs on social media. And after 1,200 shares, somebody said, I think it was the guy's girlfriend, this uh, chap, what's his name, Charlie Davidson, um, his girlfriend said, these are your photographs. And so they were able to get in touch with the guy, and the, the, the chap got his camera back. Now, that's, that's just an incredible story. I found it an amusing story, actually. Um and it made me think about all the things I've lost. And rather than having hope about the things that I had lost, all I had was wishful thinking. You know, to think that you'd get that camera back would be nothing more than wishful thinking. It wouldn't be hope, because once you've lost a camera in a a river that's in spate, you've lost it, okay? And even if you find it, thinking that you'll get the photographs from it is another thing. Stuart's camera's probably still up that hill somewhere, uh, rusted away. But it's the difference between wishful thinking and hope that I want to try and illustrate this morning in the little bit of time that I have. You see, Abraham's story is a story of hope. And this is what uh, I want to think about this morning. As I was thinking about hope, it made me think about Abraham and his story. And uh, Abraham is the person whose uh, family line Jesus came from. He is also the person who we would call a father of the faith as Christians because he is a father figure. He's a father figure to the Jews, but he's also a father figure to us who follow Jesus because Jesus was born a Jew. He was the Messiah. He was the one who had been promised and that people were waiting for. But if we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, um, we will see uh, in verse 2 God making a promise to Abraham. And he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And at this point in time, even at this point in time, Abraham must have thought, I wonder what he's talking about. How can I become a great nation? Because I don't have any children. And then as we read on in Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 to 6, I'm going to read this out, Genesis 15. And it's entitled in my Bible, God's Covenant with Abram. And verse 1 says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have uh, you given You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Listen to this, verse 5. It's up on the screen as well. This is what God did. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. In verse 6, here's the key. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. God took him outside, and he says, look up at the stars. I know I talk about this from time to time. I remember taking young people out on a walk, and we were up at Comrie, and we'd taken them up to the monument to visit the monument in the middle of the night, pitch black and we're on our way back down and and I tried to ask them I, I tried to get them to just be quiet for two minutes just be quiet for two minutes and look up at the stars, clear night cold night and we struggled to be quiet for two minutes we struggled to be quiet for two seconds Okay, but eventually we got them to calm down and just to look up at the stars and it's an incredible sight And the further you get away from the ambient light the more incredible this sight becomes. And I can only imagine because I've never been there what it must have been like for Abram coming out of his tent and looking up into a sky full of stars. Cue for a song. Um, And looking at that and thinking how can this be? How can this be? My descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. And it's what Paul says when he writes to the Romans that really got me in this story. Because this is is, is linked into this time. And this is what Paul says. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. I love these words. I find myself being encouraged and inspired by these words. Against all hope, not against wishful thinking. Abraham didn't have some willy-nilly wishful thinking promise from God. It was indeed God's word to him. And it says that against all hope, he had hope. Abraham had gone beyond the point of Where he could have had any hope, naturally speaking. God had promised him an heir, and he said, look at the stars of the sky, that's how numerous your descendants will be. God wasn't just talking about physical descendants, he was talking about you and I who profess to be Christians. We are Abraham's heirs, and we are one of those stars. Can you see yourself in the picture? you are one of those stars, figuratively speaking. Abraham was beyond hope, physically speaking, naturally speaking, and yet in this same hope, his faith rested. For it says clearly that he believed. He tr- his trust was in the Word of God. And we could maybe read it this way. I'll put this one up on the screen. It's the same thing but maybe he phrased in a different way. Abraham was beyond hope, but on the basis of hope, believed. God took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. Even though he was beyond hope, we need to understand and get this, beyond hope, no hope left physically speaking, naturally speaking, and yet he trusted in the Word of God. I think God comes and he asks us to trust in his Word today. We'll come on to that in a second. As I was preparing for today, I came across uh, this comment by Matthew Henry, and uh, I found it quite striking. Um, He says, it is weakness of faith that makes a man lie pouring on the difficulties in the way of the promise. Anybody who's ever had vision, anybody who's ever had a promise, or something that they want to see happen, will inevitably experience difficulties, setbacks, things that stop us from achieving the things which we are dreaming about. And people achieve incredible things in the business world. And people achieve incredible things in God's kingdom as well. But there's always going to be difficulties. There are going to be things that stand in the way of us achieving those things which God has promised. And it is against all hope sometimes as we look at life and its circumstances. Against all hope. What are the things that stand before you that are in the way of the promises that God has made for you. And think about, we can think about the promises that God has given for all of us. We've been singing about some of those things this morning. The fact that we have an eternal destiny, that our eternal destiny in Christ is secure, that we know that this life is not all there is, that there is more and that there is life eternal life that lies beyond the life that we live in this body. And so we have these kind of promises. We have promises that God will never leave us and never forsake us, no matter what your circumstances are looking like. No matter what's happening in the natural, he has said that he will be with you. That is a promise that you can put your hope in. But then what are the things which God has said specifically to you? The things which he said specifically to me the things which he said specifically over this church, things which he has promised, there are things which will stand in the way of those promises coming to fruition. Obstacles. Are we going to stand and look at the obstacles all the time? Some people, by their very nature, are optimists. They always see a way around or over or underneath. Some people are optimists. Some of us by nature are more pessimistic in our outlook and we tend to focus on the problem that's presented in front of us and go, ah, every single time the same thing happens. Why does it always happen to me? These kind of things. Well, everybody says those things. It's not just happening to you. It's happening to everybody. The things that get in the way of what God has promised you. What are the things which are killers of hope in your life today? What are the things that are getting in the way? And what will we do about them? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 talks about faith. It says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We don't hope for things that we already have, do we? I don't hope for a clicker. I maybe hope for one that works better than this one, but I don't need to hope for it, because I've got it in my hand, okay? We hope for things that we don't have yet. And it says in the book of Hebrews that this is what the ancients were commended for. We're going to read in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through to 20. When God made his promise to Abraham... Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. How hard is it to wait patiently? How hard is it to wait when we see the obstacles in our way? The obstacles can be all sorts of things. And it's the difference between what God has said, the promise, what God has said is going to happen here, and the fulfillment of that happening here, there's this gap between the vision and the reality. And it's in the gap where we sometimes lose our hope because we become focused on the obstacles and the difficulties. Hebrews goes on to say, men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs, to you and I, he wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose, his purpose for you, his purpose for me, his purpose for this church, for the church, globally, He wanted to make it clear of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. And we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, takes me back to my boys' brigade days. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We have this hope as an anchor. Jesus has went on before us. Now, as a fisherman, I have been in boats where we've had to use anchors. Because if you don't put the anchor down, all you will do is drift in the wind. And the anchor, you drop it down and you feel it going down through your fingers and you feel the weight of it until all of a sudden it hits the bottom. And you tie it on to the boat and the boat drifts a wee bit, but then it comes to that point where it locks in and you can tug on that line and you know that that anchor has locked in. And I remember... On what Probably my last time in a boat, putting the anchor down, and it really was a strong wind. And it was so strong that we couldn't fish in it. It was just impossible. Even with the anchor down, the boat was static. The waves were coming over the side of the boat. We thought, we need to sort this out, back up with the anchor. As soon as the anchor was up, we drifted, and we were at the far end of the loch before we knew what to do with ourselves. And we actually had to get out the boat And walk the boat round the edge of the loch to get back to somewhere that was sheltered in order to find peace and calm and try and catch a fish. I know what it's like to put an anchor down. I know what it's like to feel the security of that anchor. I can't see where it is because it's down underneath the water, but I know that it's secure because I can pull on it and I can feel that it's secure. Where is our anchor? Spiritually speaking, what does it say? It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. It says when Jesus died that the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the other parts of the temple, when Jesus died, that curtain was torn in two. Jesus went into heaven to be with his Father. And that's what it says here that our anchor, our anchor of hope, enters. Into the sanctuary behind the curtain. Our hope is not based on anything in this world because all the things to do with this world are to do with wishful thinking rather than hope. Our hope is secure in heaven, and we know that because there are times in our lives where we need to tug on that and we go, Is it secure still? And every single time in my life, every single time, I know that I've had, when I've had doubts, when I've had fears, when I've had worries, when I've been upset about things, when I've been discouraged, I have tugged in that anchor, and I have known that my anchor is firm and secure in heaven. And my encouragement to you is that you continue to hope on. Some of you are looking like you need a good dose of hope right now. Right? Holy Spirit, please come and give us a good dose of hope. We need it. Unless we're anchored in, we will drift in our faith. And when the storms of life come, when that wind gets up, we will find ourselves out of control. And God has not called the church and called Christians to live in a way that is out of control. Not necessarily getting stuck in our problems. And he says, you have an anchor for your soul, sure and steadfast. That anchor goes all the way into heaven where Jesus is right now. Can I encourage you to hope? To hope on. Whatever is in your life just now, that will kill hope please may I encourage you to continue to hope but not to just be wishfully thinking and wishfully thinking that such and such is going to happen. Here's the difference and Bette talked about this in the picture that she shared here's the difference and I've built this from scratch tuning in until you hear the signal tuning in and you go you know that you know those noises you get. Those wee funny noises when you're tuning in, and then you hit a signal and you go, "There's something different here. I can hear a voice. I can understand what that voice is saying." What has God spoken into your life? What are the promises that God has given you? And in the situation that we find, the greatest difficulty just now, my encouragement is that we tune in and that we listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us about that person, about this matter, about this thing which could potentially be a hope killer. What is God saying? And once we know what God is saying, we put our trust in that. We write it down if we need to. I've got a terrible memory. And so I write everything down. If I don't write it down, I'll forget I write down the promises that God has spoken over my life I've known when God has been leading me into different areas of life, different uh, different things, but then we need to test what, God, what we feel God is saying, because I hear so many people say, God told me to go and do this and I go, right okay, I've been listening to God for a long time and I've never really heard them speak like that, I've never really heard God ask somebody to do that type of thing And so we need to allow ourselves to be tested in the things which God we feel God is saying as a church and as individuals. Because we need to understand if it's really the Holy Spirit or if it's just the three cheese pizza from the night before. We need to understand that it's actually the voice of God that we're listening to. And when we hear what God is saying, take note of what God is saying. Write it down. Hold on to that. Because what God has promised, God will fulfill. All we need to do is keep ourselves in line with the things that God is saying and doing in us, and the church, and just being focused on who God is. I didn't make a presentation for the rest of the sermon because I thought, I might not get to that. And I don't think I'm going to get to that. And I don't think I need to. Because I think I've shared today what God put in my heart to share. Be aware of the things in life that will kill and destroy hope. Be aware of them. Be alert to them. Pray about them. But be tuned in to what the Holy Spirit is saying about the hope-killing situation or person that you faced just now. Get tuned in. Listen to what God is saying about that situation, about that person. There are some things that we need to just resign ourselves to. That is out of my control. I have no control over the situation. I have no control over that person. And we need to just sometimes stand back and give something to God and say, here it is. And our hope then is in Him. And we need to come to that place. Abraham was beyond hope. And yet, on the basis of hope, he believed. He was beyond physical hope. And yet he hoped... He hoped in the promises of God. And through his patient waitfulness, those promises were fulfilled. And we can go into the story of Abraham, and there's so much more about that. And we know that he tried to take shortcuts and all this kind of things, and things we can learn from that as well. We're going to stop today. May I encourage you to hang on to that hope, that anchor for your soul that goes into heaven. Hang on to the words that God has spoken to you. As you approach 2018, maybe this is why I think about hope, just the way my mind works at this time of year, being a reflector. Hold on to God. Hold on to the promises. Recall those promises. Live in the reality of those promises today before you see them happen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Musicians are going to come back up as we prepare to take up our offering and sing our final song. Let's just bow our heads and our hearts before God and let's just be quiet before him for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for the health and strength to be here. And Lord, once again, we remember those whose health is not so good. And Father, we pray that you would manifest your presence and healing power in their bodies, in their minds or their spirits, wherever they need a touch from you, Father. Lord, we pray for those who are absent from the fellowship regularly. And Lord, we pray that you just draw them back in. Father, that they might know your presence and that they might know the love of fellowship and family. And Father, we pray that you'd restore. Father, we pray that you would help us to be aware of those things which would present themselves before us and things which would uh, be killers of hope. And Father, we pray help us to see those things for what they are. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and remind us of the promises which you have made. Father, those things which you have spoken specifically over us, And Father, in the situations where we we don't necessarily know what the outcome is, Father, we don't necessarily know and are not aware of of you maybe saying anything in those situations, Father, we we pray that you'd help us to, to rest in you, Father, to come to you, to cast all our cares upon you, for your word says that you care for us, and we know that to be true. Father, help us to listen carefully to your voice, and to really to really know that it's you and not just to be making up things in our own heads but Father to know that it's you that's speaking to us and help us to rest on those words, to rest on the promises so Father we just thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory, we thank you for your purpose over this church, Father as we look at this year that lies ahead we look at the things which will be part of this year, Father many things which are already, have you've already been speaking about and are already planned But, Father, other things which you will bring into this year. And, Lord, we pray that you would surprise us by your presence in in, uh, in new ways. And, Father, the things that you will do. Father, bless this congregation. Bless every family that's represented here. And, Father, we just lift our families before you. And, Father, we lift those uh, who don't know you yet. Father, maybe those who have never made a decision to follow you yet. Father, we pray that your hand, hand would be upon them. And that you would just draw them to yourself. Father, we pray your blessing on every uh, person in this place today. May we go in your peace and know your anointing upon our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.